0: has anybody seen all of us strangers hands up if you've seen all of us strangers been out In the cinema for a while now. A time of recording not long, a time of release uh, a little bit longer. So I imagine some of you have. I have went to see it. Very much enjoyed it. Very very good film. Also, utterly utterly devastating. It is the saddest film, maybe that I've ever seen. Genuinely heartbreaking much like one of James Bond's timepieces with a hidden poison dart, it is a devastating watch. Comedy! Comedy alert! Little joke coming at you from way downtown. Uh, It's harrowing. It's tragic. It's done really well, but it is deeply upsetting. And here's why I'm bringing this up. Here's why I'm highlighting the uh, heartbreaking aspect of All of Us Strangers. Because the PR for All of Us Strangers, the press tour, I've got a real issue with it. I have got a real problem. And that is because the tone of the press does not match the tone of the film at all. And I find this deeply annoying and deeply misleading. Maybe maybe you disagree. Maybe you don't think it matters. But I believe that the way a film is advertise the way it's presented should reflect what the film is actually like and interviews you know red carpet appearances chat show appearances all that kind of thing that's also advertising for the film when the stars are talking about it in some capacity they are advertising the film so Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal the two the two stars i suppose Andrew Scott is the lead um, The parents in the film are probably bigger characters Claire Foy and I forget who plays the dad The two of them, though, are bigger characters But Paul Meskel, he's a bigger star He's so hot right now So I get why they're putting him together with Andrew Scott Forward as the faces of the film I've no problem with that Fine, by all means, have them out front and centre But do not have them frolicking about laughing, joking, prancing around, flirting with one another, flirting with interviewers, all creating a sense, an image, a vibe of a film that is kind of, you know, fun and cheeky and maybe a little bit sad here and there, but ultimately will leave you with a smile on your face. It will not. Sorry, spoiler alert, but it will leave you with tears running down your cheeks in a state of utter devastation. I mean, that didn't happen to me because I've never cried and I never will. But it's just—it's such a false representation. Like I went into the film thinking that it was sort of a—you know—it was—it it was, if anything, going to be a bit of a gay nonsense bop. It was going to be a fun rollick through. You know the London club scene with these two star-crossed gay lovers. That's not it at all. And the reason I had that impression was because I'd seen interview after interview after interview of Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel kind of being like, "Oh yeah, what's your what's your favourite kind of chicken?" I don't even know. What about you, Paul? Uh, yeah, you know, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I I, I suppose I like, I like the odd spicy one. Oh, me too. Oh, 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 oh. They don't really sound like that. I've got better impressions. But you get my point. Well, no, you know, I, I, I like a big chicken wing, much like my big willy. <laughs> Sorry, that was grass. That was childish. He got it out, though. He was the one who got it out, normal people, so... He has only himself to blame if we're talking about it. And getting the willy out, it's it's very in these days, you know? Barry Kogan hung dong. Killian Murphy kinda nearly hung dong and Oppenheimer. We get some nearly hanging of Dong in this film. That's look, we could devote an entire episode to the new very in, very hip trend of Irish male actors just letting the Johnson Flap freely in the wind, but that's not what we're dealing with right now. What we're dealing with is my irritance at these guys for misrepresenting what the film is. You shouldn't be out here cracking jokes and smiling and laughing together, you should be as grief stricken, morose, and sadness filled as the film is, so that people walking into theaters are adequately prepared so that they know that what they're going to experience is going to be a gut punch of emotional wreckage and not a kind of funny, joyful little romp. What other cinema stuff is there to share already probably outdated opinions on? Oh, the the Greta Gerwig thing. The Greta Gerwig Barbie thing is... Uh, Again, at time of recording a discourse that is already fizzling out, so may very well be very out of date with this. But a lot of people are complaining and giving out that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for Best Director for Barbie. Now, here's my my issue. And it's not even necessarily with that being something that people are giving out about you know, there, there is very much a case to be made that Greta Gerwig should be nominated for Best Director. But people... The way people are framing it, they're framing it as like an anti-women choice. <laughs> Simon, tread lightly with whatever you're about to say next. I'm not... Come on. Look, you know, Joe Rogan makes a few good points. No, that's not where we're going. What I'm saying is this. They're, they're saying that that is the reason or they're suggesting that that's a reason at play behind her not being nominated and maybe they are right but the main argument they're putting forward is that she is the director of the highest grossing most successful most pop culturally relevant film of the year and has not been recognized by the academy and The argument being made is that, oh, if a man had directed a film of the size and scope of Barbie, that man would have been nominated. And that, I think, is a terrible argument because it completely ignores the fact that, generally speaking, and not all the time, but like generally speaking, the biggest blockbusters of the year are not recognised at all. ...at the Academy Awards. And the easiest way to illustrate this... ...is by looking at the fact that... ...you know, what has been the the biggest... ...films in terms of... ...both money made... ...and... ...pop culture relevance... ...over the last... ...whatever decade or so. It's the Marvel films. And how many of them... ...have won awards? None. I'm pretty sure. I think maybe Black Panther... ...was nominated... But that's it. Certainly there have been no directorial recognition for Marvel films or other, you know, if if you're to go back even further and think about other massive kind of blockbustery films, generally speaking they don't get recognised at the Academy. And you can argue that maybe they should or maybe they shouldn't, but I think the point is that the Academy recognises a certain type of film which... It's not necessarily, but oftentimes is not the same as the biggest films. And Barbie very much fits in the same category as more of a kind of a blockbuster. I know obviously it's not Marvel, but it is a blockbuster. It's a comedy, and those very seldomly get, very seldom, very seldomly get recognition at the Academy. So I just think it's, you know, it's not the right tack to take guys if you want to have that fight you gotta choose a better weapon so you know if you want to reignite that fight which i am sure has long since died in the vine let me know and i'll do my best to come up with other reasons to be annoyed at the academy plenty of those (laughs) plenty of those i think historically um but sure look with a bit of luck There will be some explosive uh, Will Smith-style fighting at the ceremony that will be the real talk of the event. Guys, welcome to Simon Sings Like, the podcast where I, Simon, give out about film-related things such as willy-bearing Irish actors not accurately portraying the films that they're in on their press tours and poorly constructed arguments with regards to directorial nominations. And then I talk about a singer or genre of music and then I sing in a parody style like that genre or singer, hence the name. Uh, Thank you for listening for the first time, if you're listening for the first time, for the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever number time this is that you are listening. If you like what you hear and you'd like to support the podcast and or me, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Simon Hennessy for a five or a month. Would really appreciate it. If, on the other hand, you would like to see me perform live, you can go to a couple of work in progress shows I'm doing in... Smock Alley Theatre in Dublin at the end of this month, February, as part of the Seen and Heard Festival of New Work. The show is called Noticebox. It's not the fully formed final version of the show. That will happen later in the year. That's why it's called a work in progress show, but it should still hopefully be good. And if you want to come along, tickets to that are available by searching Simon Notice Noticebox or at the link in my Instagram bio, at Simon underscore Hennessy. But for now, sit back, relax. Unless you're in motion, if you're driving, for instance, don't, well, sit back. Don't relax, though. Remain alert. You're operating a vehicle, okay? Don't, You need to be paying constant attention to what you're doing behind the wheel. Otherwise, you're a danger to yourself and other road users, and you really should know that by now. So cop on and grow up, (laughs) is what I'm saying to you if you're driving. If not, though, sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of this episode. We're going to take a little quick break now, but then we'll be back to tackle today's subject. See you then.
1: Simon sings like, Simon sings like, Simon things like, Simon sings
0: like. 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 like, Lana Del Rey. More like Lana Del pay for your waffle. What an odd marketing stunt that was. I don't Was it a marketing stunt? I'm not really all that au fait with the details. And I could just, my computer is in front of me, I could Google it. I could get the exact breakdown of what this is. But I'm too lazy, and I think it's funner and funnier to just go off the very limited knowledge that I have. That's what most people do in the world with regards to anything these days. They get a little bit of information, and then they immediately form a concrete, strongly held opinion. And that's what I'm going to do. So, I know that Lana Del Rey was working in a waffle shop for like a day and I was told it was as like a marketing stunt for her new album and I think that's hilarious. Imagine that, going along to get your waffle and there's Lana Del Rey.
1: Would you like some maple syrup guy?
0: I'll dip my lips in your apple pie. She, she. <laughs> why dip? Why would she dip her lips in the apple pie? I'm just highlighting the fact that I feel like she, she's very lipsy. She's pouty. If I could, if I had to describe Lana Del Rey in one word, well, it would be waffles. And if I got a second one, it would be pouty. It is an odd one, though. A strange marketing stunt to promote your music. But hey, look, I've heard about it. I knew about it and I did very little research. So guess it was effective. Maybe it's something we'll be seeing more of. Maybe we will be getting used to the sight of pop stars inserting themselves hilariously in some sort of little person job and doing that for a day in order to draw attention to Whatever their next album will be. You know, they'll pop up in cafes, in garden centres, in schools. Well, maybe how how about do a leaper doing a stint at the local strip club? Wasn't saying no to that. Drooled Paul into the wiry mess of the pubic goatee, framing his gooey, dewy lips. No, Paul. How about, instead of thinking about Dua Lipa doing a stint at the strip club, you do a stint at home with your wife and kids? Oh no, you can't, can you, Paul? Because they left you. Isn't that right, Paul? You talk about Dua Lipa, all you do is sleep alone, Paul. Crying yourself to sleep each night, you loser. Sort it out, you miserable mess. Anyway, now that we've dealt with Paul which was really the most important thing on the list, we can talk about Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey, she's an interesting one. She kind of belongs to that niche club of highly successful throwback acts, I think. You know, a very popular current artist whose popularity sort of stems from the fact that they are a walking, talking, singing representation of of a long gone era. And for her it's the 50s it seems. She just, you know, the the style of song, the subject matter, the iconography, it's all 50s. She's very you know, her sort of drawly sort of crooning is I feel very reminiscent of the time she seems to make a lot of references to that particular period. Even the music itself, oftentimes, there's sort of orchestral swells in the sound. Uh, even the sort of synthy chords are reminiscent of that period of time. So, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's not true of her entire back catalogue, but I don't know her entire back catalogue. And all the hits for me seem very kind of 50s-y, 60s-y. She loves them. She has a great track record of romanticising the past in a similar fashion. I mean, not really in terms of execution, but a similar endeavour to the way your parents do. You know, the way they talk about a bygone era. And the the similarities lie in how they'll glamorize the aspects of the time, oftentimes by comparison with the present, you know, back in our day, things were just better, you know, we they'll they'll point to the odd good thing that you can compare with the present and say they did better, while just it's really overlooking the the many many ways in which life was an awful lot worse there. You know, I assume, I mean, everyone's parents does this, I feel. Oh, back in in my day. Back in nowadays, everyone's glued to your phones and, and, and addicted to what other people think. We didn't have social media back in my day. We all weren't addicted to social media. Yeah, that's true. But you know what else you didn't have? Rights for minorities. Didn't have a lot of those. Not a ton of tolerance going on back then you know sure no social media no real empathy towards the more marginalized peoples oh but back and well back in my day we we didn't need the internet to have fun yeah i suppose but your idea of fun was like <laughs> skipping you know Or like, you know, counting on an abacus. Or sitting in a circle, reciting some vaguely racist nursery rhyme. So, you know, internet, not a great thing, but I'll take that over those alternatives. Well, back in my day, we didn't have fast food. Yeah, nor did you have sufficient medical science to handle ailments that today represent a few days at home in bed, and in your day, represented an early death. Okay, maybe maybe rein it in, Simon. Your parents did not grow up in the early days of the Industrial Revolution, so tone it down. But you know what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? This over-glamorization of a period of time which was far from perfect. But Lana Del Rey really buys into that. Really buys into 1950s Americana. That's her whole thing. But then again, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't just tar her with that brush because so these days, it seems, does everyone. And the reason I say this is because we are just saturated in not just 1950s content, but a very specific type of 1950s content. Elvis content. Why are we getting so many fucking Elvis movies? As of the literally the past like two years. Who decided that it was going to be all Elvis from here on out? Two of the major Hollywood films of the last, literally two years, have dealt specifically with Elvis. One being Elvis, starring Austin Butler. The other being Priscilla, where we get the perspective kind of on Elvis from someone close to him, from his wife. It, it like <laughs> I think it'll be very you know, boring. But funny, if over the course of the next few years, we just continue along that train and each new film that comes out is a film about someone in Elvis's life, but we're just getting further and further and further. And like in five years, we'll have the story of the life of Elvis's barber's cousin. And, you know, every now and again, Elvis might bob up in the background somehow, but it's not really about him, and it's just about this random person, you know? Ten years' time, it's the guy who washed Elvis's nephew's ex-girlfriend's car, or something. Could be fun. We'll see how it develops. Speaking of Elvis, um, Austin Butler, what's going on, buddy? What's... What's with the voice? <laughs> I've been watching a little bit of Masters of the Air of late, which uh, is the kind of, I suppose, sequel to Band of Brothers. Uh, it's about the Bombardiers in World War Two, and Austin Butler is the star, and he's still doing the Elvis voice. And I know we all got a lot of fun out of him doing the Elvis voice in interviews, promoting Elvis. Why am I so fixated on press tours for films at the moment anyway we all got a lot of fun out of that a lot of memes a lot of laughs but like you could at least make the case that maybe you know it was not too far after the film and maybe it was sort of an maybe he was kind of in on the joke in a way that he was he was doing the accent to raise publicity almost staying in character on the tour it was weird if so but you can make that argument. However, now he's just popping up in other things where he is doing the voice. Like, he's playing this World War II aircraft pilot, and you'll see a scene with him and, like, some English soldiers, and they'll be very true to the time period of, like, Well, old boy, the Jerry certainly have us in our sights. Bloody old Adolf is gunning for us, and we'll, we'll simply have to do our best and muddle through and then feckin' Austin Butler is like, Well, you better turn my guns on. I'm gonna shoot them down. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm only mildly exaggerating. And we all know, Dune is coming up. Dune 2. And, you know, you can you can argue that maybe it's not too much of a stretch for a 1940s American pilot to have a bit of an Elvis drawl, you can't really make that argument for a character in Dune. Well, get over here, Timothy the me. I'm gonna fight you for the sounds of time, <laughs> whatever it is that Dune deals with. Anyway, we'll see how it all Pans out for dear old Austin. And he, and by the way, some people are like, that's just his voice. He just said, that's probably why they picked him. He sounds like that. It's not. It's not. I've seen him in previous things. Watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino film, because he's in that. He's a relatively minor character, but he pops up a few times. He has plenty of lines and he doesn't sound a fucking thing like Elvis. So... You'd have to you would have to worry that he has just either permanently changed like the chemical makeup of his vocal cords, or for some reason he thinks it's cool to keep doing it. I don't know. You'd have to ask him, but we'll see how it all pans out for Austin. I think he'll be fine. He's pretty successful and gorgeous, but nevertheless it will be fun to keep laughing at him. Guys, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simon Sings Like. Really appreciate it. If you could like the podcast, uh, give it five stars, subscribe to it, tell your friends about it, and you know consider signing up to the patreon if that is something you're interested in doing or coming and see me in the previously mentioned shows that would also be very cool but the simple act of listening is very much appreciated before we go though gotta gotta honor the name of the podcast and do some singing like so without further ado to close us out here is simon sings like lana del rey
1: Red dress, blue skies, black coffee, brown eyes, these are colors, plus things I combine to make me sound mysterious when I sing. Let's go driving in your Cadillac, I'll put my wireless and some other old-timey crap in the back in your... Smoke your cigarette like you're James Dean And I'll take your medically prescribed animal tranquilizer Cause it's 19... 55 That's when I clearly wish I was alive Yes, women and minorities had fewer rights But the clothes were kinda groovy And the waffles were nice in... 55 that's where I wanna die And I very possibly would have from TB or polio But if your time is up, there's no better time to go than 1955 Which is also the price of your waffle, sir